Jesus did rise from the uh, the dead, and we've read there uh, the account from uh, from John's gospel of that uh, that 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 resurrection. So um, I'll ask uh, for you to make a couple of assumptions, uh, however uh, long you've been uh, looking at the uh, the account of the uh, the Bible, the account of the resurrection of Jesus. First of all, that Jesus was a historical person. Um, and secondly, that the Bible is an accurate record of uh, what happened. So uh, there's a definite personal appeal, a personal uh, writing by John in that passage that we read. He was there. He witnessed those events that are uh, recorded. So those Two, uh, two, two assumptions then, and then we'll have a look at the meaning of death and why Jesus had to die. Uh, we'll look around some, at some of the uh, events of his death and uh, his resurrection. Uh, a few of the arguments against resurrection, um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the um, uh, epistle to the Corinthians and uh, how uh, that that helps us. And then we'll look at the impact on the believer, because the Bible is clear that the real hope for the believer uh, is that of the resurrection. And this is God's promise that those who follow him uh, will be part of uh, a resurrection in the future at the return of Jesus. And that this, uh, what we've read about here, was uh, Jesus's resurrection as part of that. And to deny this, to uh, to cast any doubt on the, the certainty of um, this resurrection really is abandoning that hope. So what about the uh, the meaning of, uh, of, of death then? Uh, sometimes uh, we hear and read references to the um uh to, to the uh the concept of uh a, an immortal soul um i should uh, should ask somebody to shout out if you're not seeing my slides at this point um but we don't read anything about this in the uh in the bible the the soul is uh, a word that's used but when you look at it in its context it, it's it's meaning uh uh meaning something quite specific or about the, uh, the, the, the living nature of uh, a person or uh, an animal. And um, in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse, verse 5, uh, it's quite clear, uh, I think, uh, what, the, uh, what the writer from inspiration from God is, is telling us about the, the nature of death. So, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 5. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. So rather somber uh, account of the, uh, the, the meaning of, uh, of, of death and that it's, it's the end, it's complete, everything is, is forgotten. 
Um, this is um, uh, similarly uh, described in the, the book of Psalms, um, a Psalm, um, Psalm 146, and verses 3 and 4. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to the earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. So death is the end of all life processes. And in those passages, we didn't read anything about what, uh, what comes, uh, comes afterwards, but uh, uh, we'll, uh, we certainly see uh, about the resurrection of Jesus and uh, that that is open to, uh, it's the hope of all believers. So we, um, we read the account of the, the resurrection in the previous uh, chapter of John's Gospel and uh, chapter 19 is the account of Jesus' death. So this was an actual eyewitness account. John was there. He saw what happened. And the, uh, uh, the, the pain and the suffering uh, of Jesus uh, on that cross, such a cruel, cruel death, uh, led to his, his breath leaving him to the end of uh, his life. And uh, there's certainly no uh, doubt in uh, the eyes of John or um, uh, Joseph, uh, who uh, removed his, uh, his body from the, uh, from the, the cross. So uh, John 19 and, and verses, um, verse, verse 16, the, the beginning of the crucifixion, they de delivered he, that's, uh, that, that's Pilate, delivered he him unto them to be crucified and then therefore took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth to a place called the place of a skull, which is in Hebrew called Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him on either side, one on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. And verse 32, uh, once his uh, life had left him uh, the soldiers came and break the legs of the first of the uh, those who were crucified with him and the other which was crucified with him and when they came to Jesus they saw that he was dead already they break not his legs but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water so soldiers uh, were knowledgeable they could see that Jesus was dead and just to make sure uh, one soldier piercedly, cruelly pierced his side and blood and water came out. So no doubt uh, uh, that uh, Jesus was dead. So why in the purpose of God did Jesus need to, uh, to die? And for, for some people, this uh, is a... Um, this is a problem in that the Bible is clear that he committed no sin and yet he, he died. And it's a fact of, uh, of nature that everyone, uh, every person uh, does die. And going all the way back to, uh, to Genesis, that's uh, clearly stated by God that everyone uh, would, uh, would die. And uh, that this was the, uh, the result of, um, of, 
of Adam's disobedience in the garden. So right back to Genesis chapter 3 and uh, verse 19. God says to Adam, in the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread till thou return to the ground. For out of it thou wast taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So every man was to die, and Jesus had to die as he shared our nature. There's nothing miraculous about the nature of Jesus. His life processes were the same as us. Yes, his, his birth, as in, is clear in the Gospels, was, uh, was miraculous uh, through the power of God, but he lived in exactly the same way as us. His life processes were the same. And he had to die in the purpose of God as a sacrifice. And again, that principle is set up all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, uh, that in order to have a, a covering for disobedience, a covering for sin, then blood had to be shed. Uh, Genesis 3 verse 21, uh, for this is God's action unto Adam also and unto his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. So uh, they were aware that they were naked and uh, God gave them a covering in order to cover that uh, then animals uh, had to uh, had to die, and that principle you see throughout the uh, the rest of the Bible that uh, in order to forgive uh, disobedience, forgive sin, then uh, blood has to be shed, and that was true also of Jesus. That that biblical principle of shed blood leading to forgiveness uh, was uh, God's principle, and that the print the purpose of god was that jesus should die in that way when you look at the uh the law of moses and uh, other other parts of the uh of the bible you see that these animal sacrifices uh were actually daily so there was this covering for uh, for sin that had to take place daily um because it was uh always had to be renewed but when jesus died when he was uh, part of uh, through the purpose of god he was offered as a sacrifice his, his blood was shed as um, as we've uh, already read from john chapter 19 uh, this was a different sort of sacrifice it was a once and for all sacrifice and we read about that in hebrews 7 and uh, verse 27 uh, talking about sacrifices and the the role of the priests that uh, offered those sacrifices uh, the writer says who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the other peoples for this he that's jesus did once when he offered up himself so having become a sacrifice and having willingly become a sacrifice this was a once-off uh, event in the purpose of god which meant that those daily sacrifices didn't have to uh, uh, keep recurring 
So that's uh, a little bit about the uh, reality of death, a very somber subject, I know, uh, and why Jesus had to, to die. But now let's look at the, uh, the account of the, uh, the resurrection. So uh, we read there from earlier from John's Gospel, this, this great event which nobody actually uh, witnessed and uh, I suggest is uh, often... Uh, misunderstood. First of all, interestingly, Jesus was restored to life uh, in a, a different type of, uh, of body, and we, we won't go into, uh, um, into that in, in detail, but just point out that um, uh, where we, uh, we, we, the passage we read there, uh, John 20 and uh, verse 14, uh, Mary, when she sees Jesus, she doesn't recognize him. He looked different. And there are other occasions in the Gospels where um, Jesus is not recognized. So it's a, a different sort of, uh, of, 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 of body. And yet, once they were told, uh, then they did recognize him. They didn't say, well, you don't look like him. So obviously there was... Uh, a difference in uh, appearance, and uh, Jesus was not that uh, that very sad sight um, uh, upon the cross, uh, um, a man who'd been so truly, cruelly treated and misjudged, and um, uh, and uh, by his countrymen and by the Roman authorities. And yet, in chapter twenty and verse twenty-seven. Uh, Going on a uh, a little uh, little further from when we where we read, uh, when Thomas does doubt, one of the disciples does doubt that it's Jesus. It's clear that the marks from the cross and the spear are still there. John twenty verse twenty seven. Jesus says to Thomas, "Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless but believing." So. Clearly, those marks were still there. What was the effect on the disciples of uh, seeing their uh, their risen master? Well, first of all, there was some some doubt, some uh, some denial. But we'll we'll come back to this. But there was no doubt in the end in their minds that this was Jesus. That he had been raised from the dead by uh, his father and he gave them instructions on what to do to go out and uh, preach the message to continue the preaching that he had uh, that he had started uh, to the uh, those around and i think their example uh, gives us uh, a, lot, a lot of faith i i always find the uh, the disciples uh, very encouraging uh, partly the things that uh, that they got wrong so they didn't quite understand the that he was going to uh, going to die uh, but once they understood the resurrection understood that this was the resurrected Jesus their commitment their faith was tremendous as we uh, uh, read uh, further on in the um, in the accounts in the, in the Bible, particularly in the book of Acts. So um, occasionally come across people, and, and I have come across people who 
accept the Bible as a historic account in terms of the events, but do not uh, believe in the resurrection. So let's just touch on some of the uh, alternatives and then we'll come back to um, uh, to the faith of the disciples, which I think is the strongest witness of the resurrected Lord. So uh, some of the suggestions, so that Joseph of Arimathea, having put the body of Jesus in uh, the, the tomb that, uh, that he owned, uh, took it to away to another tomb. Well, why would he do that? And to do so, he would have needed help. And uh, that information in view of the controversy that uh, arose in Jerusalem uh, shortly after the resurrection of Jesus, then that information surely would have leaked out. There's a suggestion that the, the Romans or the Jews uh, removed the body of Jesus. Well, why then did they not produce it in the following few months when uh, a great controversy arose as the disciples started preaching about the, uh, the risen uh, Jesus? Uh, if his body could be found, if somebody knew where it was, uh, if he could be identified, then that would have silenced that preaching. But that did not happen. There's a suggestion uh, I, I've heard and I've come across somebody who uh, uh, sincerely believed this, that uh, having uh, been on the cross, having had his side pierced by the spear, uh, he, Jesus recovered in the cool of the tomb. But I think when you consider the, the nature of the wounds that he suffered on the, the cross, the, the loss of uh, blood, the absence of uh, any medical care or treatment, that, that does seem very unlikely, very far-fetched. And also that uh, the women that we read about went to the, the wrong tomb in the poor light. It reads that it's clear that it was the beginning of the day, it was, was at dawn, and the person that they saw really was the gardener it was still light enough for them to see Jesus. Uh, they had the conversation and why would the gardener uh, pretend to uh, be Jesus? So uh, if you accept the, uh, the, the account of the resurrection, then I think the uh, uh, reasoning, uh, the logic behind these alternatives is very thin indeed. Um, won't look up uh, the references for uh, all these uh, other resurrections, but resurrection is not unique in the uh, the Bible. It was in the book of Second Book of Kings, the raising of the uh, the Shunammite son. So uh, this was a, um, a a woman who had uh, uh, assisted one of God's prophets, and uh, her son had uh, died would appear of, of, of heat stroke uh, and uh, through the actions of uh, the, the prophet uh, he was uh, brought back to uh, to life there are uh, three other resurrections uh, in the gospels that are carried out by jesus so jairus's daughter so jairus was uh, a, a leader in the synagogue he had a daughter 
who uh, died of, uh, of illness and Jesus went to her and brought her back to, uh, to life. Lazarus, uh, a close acquaintance of Jesus, uh, died of an illness, it would appear. He'd been buried and it was four days before uh, he, he was resurrected by Jesus, uh, un unlike the, uh, the previous two in that list. And then the fourth, um, as Jesus approached a town called Nain, uh, there was a young man who'd, who died who was being, being buried. Uh, his mother was a widow and again Jesus brought him back to life. So resurrection is not unique in the Bible and through the, the power of God, through, through Jesus and uh, through the prophet Elisha in the case of the first one, uh, through the power of God uh, in, uh, in previous circumstances uh, people have been brought back to life. So the greatest uh, witness, uh, I would suggest, the greatest example uh, is that here we are almost 2,000 years after these events, still discussing them. And we as believers have faith in this, as I've said, I think this is clearly in the teaching of the Bible, a very fundamental uh, part of uh, its, its teaching, which we share in uh, in faith and for 2000 years uh, this has this resurrection has been taught and uh, uh, dis discussed uh, by uh, believers and when you go back to those events uh, around the resurrection of uh, of Jesus and you think about the uh, the disciples who didn't really understand uh, when he said he was going to be killed by the uh, the authorities um, and be resurrected again. Uh, but the cause that they were following at that point between the death and the resurrection, just that three days, that cause seemed to be completely defeated, didn't it? And yet uh, any cause that people serve, that people talk about, needs, they need signs of success, don't they? So some of the other things in, uh, in Israel, in, in the Bible, uh, the people of Israel saw the plagues in Egypt. They saw the power of God there. They saw the power of God in the crossing of the Red Sea and the miracles of the, in the wilderness. And that gave them uh, faith. And uh, they uh, believed, um, you know, not, not perfectly, but they uh, ultimately believed in God and believed that he would deliver them into uh, the, the land that he promised them, uh, the land of Israel. And in our own day, when you look at any cause of mankind, whether it's nationalism or, or a political uh, movement, it, it needs signs, it needs success, it needs, uh, uh, needs um, something to motivate uh, those who are following it. And the disciples were uh, uh, tremendously motivated in the, the preaching. If we go on a book into the book of Acts, uh, uh, they were tremendously motivated and and why uh, Acts chapter 5 and uh, verse verse 40 um, the uh, uh, some of the apostles uh, have been arrested and they've been um, uh, been brought before the uh, the Jewish Sanhedrin the highest court in the uh, in the land in the Jewish community and 
verse 40. These are the thoughts of the, uh, the, the Sanhedrin. Uh, they, they, they agreed and they called the apostles in and, and when they had beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they were released, but they'd been told uh, that they should not preach about Jesus. But then verse 41, they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So there they were. They'd been locked up. They'd been beaten. They'd been instructed by the highest authority in the land not to preach uh, Jesus. But they did. And so um, the faith that they showed here was tremendous. And just imagine how they must have felt in those three days uh, after the death of Jesus and a period uh, before his resurrection, how they felt. They, they lacked the understanding of why Jesus had died. They'd been following him for three and a half years. They thought he was going to lead an army uh, against uh, the Romans, throw out the Romans and restore Israel to power, but that was not God's plan. So they must have been very depressed. They were frightened. Uh, Jesus had been crucified. Uh, what was going to happen to them in the eyes of the, uh, the Jewish leaders? Of course, Jesus did uh, appear uh, to them, um, as we read in, in John uh, chapter 20 uh, and uh, verse, verse, verse 19. Um, at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, when the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be unto you. When he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad, and they saw the Lord. So this was their point of motivation. Just imagine uh, if they had... Uh, had um, reservations. Uh, we've uh, already uh, touched on the, the reservations of Thomas and the fact that Jesus said to him, well, put my your fingers into the wounds of my hand and into, uh, into my side. Uh, but uh, just imagine uh, if one of them had said uh, before they saw Je the risen Jesus, I know what, let's go and take his body from the tomb and pretend that he's been resurrected from the dead. That would not have been a motivating uh, uh, idea, would it? it? Wouldn't have been something that would have led them to suffer the uh, great persecution that they did, uh, leading to uh, to death for some of them. For uh, for example, Stephen, who was one of the the disciples that we read about, was stoned by the the Jews because of his belief in. The resurrected Jesus. So the faith of the disciples, the preaching that uh, that they carried out, uh, that goes all the way down the ages to our own day, uh, is um, an important uh, uh, is is the strongest witness. I think that uh, these events really happen. So a little bit more uh, to finish with about Bible teaching uh, with on resurrection and. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So um, in the, the 
church in Corinth, there was clearly doubt over the, uh, the nature of the resurrection. And uh, Paul writes to them here in chapter 15, uh, giving them God's word on this. So uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in, in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Jesus, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. So, resurrection, critical uh, point um, to uh, get over uh, to those at Corinth here um, by, the, uh, uh, by, by Paul in this, this letter. And why? Well, verse 12 tells us, uh, verse 12, now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. So if there's no resurrection, there's no sacrifice of Jesus. There's no sacrifice of Jesus, as we uh, pointed to at the beginning, then there's no covering of sin and there's no hope for the believer. So why believe if there is no resurrection? And clearly there was doubt among some in Corinth about the resurrection. So clearly an absolute critical Bible teaching here. And uh, that's crystallized in verse, verse 52. Um, talking about the resurrection in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For the, this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Remember we said Jesus had a different type of body when he was resurrected. Verse 54, so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is thy sting O grave where is thy victory so for all believers who put their trust and commitment in uh, in spirit and in truth to use the words of Jesus this is the real hope that they are part of this resurrection and death is overcome in victory. So to summarize then, uh, to accept the Bible and not the resurrection of Jesus rejects a real central foundation of uh, its teaching. We've seen that death is inevitable for uh, all humans and uh, that death was inevitable for Jesus because he shared our nature. The Bible shows that Jesus did rise from the dead in the uh, uh, gospel accounts and uh, uh, further on in the New Testament, and that through the disciples' commitment and their enthusiasm in preaching, which we're the final, uh, final witnesses to uh, some 2,000 years later, uh, I think that shows their witness of the, um, that, those events that we read about in John's gospel.
and that we too have the hope of resurrection at the uh, return of the Lord Jesus. So I'll end there. And that is the hope that we have contained in the gospel, contained in the Bible, as preached in the Bible. So uh, we urge you to, uh, to study it, to consider it, and to give it your commitment. Thank you. Thank you.